So welcome to another uh, conversation in the series of Challengers and Icons. And today I'm speaking to Dave Kareko, who is the co-founder of the City Foundry in uh, Brooklyn, a research and design group that uh, focuses on improving small-scale manufacturing processes through the blending of science and art. Though the Foundry has many projects under its roof, including a letterpress, a full machine shop and a working lab, the most impressive project yet is certainly Industry City Distillery. And combining the shared interest and knowledge of the founders, Industry City Distillery's mission is to pursue better craft spirits through science. Now, Industry Standard Vodka, their baby, is a unique sugar beet vodka that boasts a flavor profile as unique as the process that is used to make it. And it's not just the vodka that is handcrafted. Industry City Distillery built their bespoke distillery from the ground up and have created a totally unique fermentation and distillation process using scientific rather than commercial equipment. Dave's inspiration to start a distillery was actually a byproduct of a happy accident. By using a scientific method of fermentation instead of the more traditional approach, Dave inadvertently found a more efficient way to make a spirit that was far superior to the competition. In 2011, Dave decided to turn his happy accident into a business and assembled an unlikely team from across the country, five utility guys, all younger than 30, all fascinated with improving processes and all with resumes totally void of any distilling experience. Industry City Distillery is now the largest vodka distiller in New York City and they plan to make up to at least 4,000 bottles of its industry standard vodka every month and hopes to soon become the city's largest craft distillery. And if that wasn't enough, the team was recognised on Forbes' 30 under 30 list in 2013. Dave, welcome to Challenges and Icons. Thanks so much. From working on sustainable aquariums, uh, ocean sailboats and creating a vodka and industry city distillery. Yours is a very diverse and interesting story, um, specifically your choice to combine science with art and, uh, and then craft uh, to create something totally unique. Can you um, tell us what the challenge was to combine all of these different industries together and, um, and uh, a bit more of your story? Uh, well, I have an art background. I went to uh, Cooper Union, studied fine art, but I always had a, a passion for both uh, the mechanical world and the biological world. And uh, keeping an eye on efficiency and sustainability, a lot of my work, even as an artist, had to do with both those worlds combined. So um, combining those two really was, at that time, second nature. But making it into a larger project, that's where it got interesting. So the idea behind the City Foundry was to bring together people of various backgrounds that had a like-minded goal and have them work on larger projects rather than just small, concise projects. And uh, the distillery was a, was a great, great way to really put all that to the test because you need pretty much every scientific discipline in distillation. You need biology, you need physics, you need chemistry, but you need to make everything look good, not just your bottle but we, uh, we like our welds here. And uh, making a really beautiful sanitary stainless steel weld, that takes some talent. Mm. So you need to find that talent and bring that to a project. 
Um, one of the things that we always say is that uh, no matter what the category, it's always important to have a clear brand vision. Um, that said, you guys have succeeded with, and I quote, a tasty application of our collective curiosities and interests. Now, it's obvious that one of the things that makes industry city distillery uh, successful is this eclectic combination. So when it comes to your business success, is it merely an artful balance of all your talents and interests in the way that you were describing just now, or is there more to it? Well, it's a bit of both. Uh, you bring together the right people to not only augment your abilities, but to bring in abilities you don't have. And uh, in the case of putting together the distillery, there are certain aspects that you require. Uh, and those include marketing and sales and distribution, and your, mach your machinist shouldn't do that. Your biologist shouldn't do that. Uh, if they want to help, that's great. But being able to construct a story uh, in our case, that we make these incredibly intricate machines to make a vodka. We make the machines specifically for that vodka. Uh, and then to take that story and convey that accurately to uh, not so much the consumer, but just convey it, period. That is a skill. And we've been honing that and developing that. And believe it or not, uh, your machinist does become part of it, and your biologist does become part of it, and they, lo and behold, start writing copy of their own, and it just makes the information that much richer. Quite a few of the people that I've spoken to in this series, the, um, you know, the, the challengers who are entrepreneurs, they're kind of go-it-alone agents, and in a way, you're changing the perception um, that successful challengers are, and entrepreneurs are go-it-alone kind of um, you know, people. Um, so how do you work as a team? To expand a little bit more on that, and how does this set you apart from other companies? Uh, with great difficulty. <laughs> uh, we are a group of lone wolves, if you will. And to bring everybody together in one pack uh, required a project that everybody was interested in. And it's, it really does come down to that. People aren't here for the paycheck. They're here because they want to see cool shit happen. Uh, so you, you bring somebody that, uh, like I myself have almost always worked by myself. Working with a team has been a learning experience and it's been a very rewarding one. But uh, there, there's always the growing pains. There's always working with um, people that might have an idea of what you do and you have to get over your expertise. You have to open up to other possibilities and work with that person as opposed to shutting them down. Mm. And benefit from the fruits of that collaborative. Absolutely. Kind of, yeah. uh, if, if you, if it gets really boring if all you do is talk on one side. Mm. Uh, if you have a dialogue, you're going to have a better result. Mm. Now, I, I want to talk about a subject which is um, dear to my heart, and um, which is change. Mm -hmm. um, in a way, you're, the, what you are doing is all about change, and it's really kind of, I think, um, uh, you know, symptomatic of the way things are going in uh, industry and uh, society and brands and art, and it's a, it's a great manifestation of all of that. But change 
is something that people resist. And um, you actually say um, at Industry City Distillery, um, nothing here is safe from change. So it's the opposite that uh, you know we, we may find sort of entrenched in, say, corporations. And I've been told that some of your distilling processes have been redesigned a dozen or more times. It's been generous. Okay, so give us your thoughts on uh, this type of experimentation. What, what would you say to people that, who fear change? Um, too bad, <laughs> really. Uh, you, you have to constantly change, uh, especially in our, in our case, the distillation world. It's, it's, uh, it has a certain history and it has a certain reputation and there is a way that you do things. Uh, but the truth is that distillation is possibly man's oldest technology, uh, especially making spirits might be man's oldest scientific process. And we've learned a lot, not in the past 2,000 years, but in the past 50 years about distillation. And when it comes down to it, it's not about how old your copper pot still is, it's about the understanding of what it does. So if you can learn from people in different fields, not just your whiskey distiller, but your chemical engineer, and if you can learn that, oh, that's not alcohol, that's called an ester. Oh, the ester is what makes flavors? The alcohol doesn't make flavors? Okay, so how do I harness esters? Where do they come from? And that spawns an entirely different conversation. So, okay, now if I want to focus on esters, does my distillation do that? No, my fermentation does that. Well, I better, better go talk to a, a biologist. I better start learning about what fermentation does. And all of this spawns new ideas and you discover one sort of startling thing. It might not exist. That process that you discovered that you want to do, you can't do it because the machines don't exist to accomplish it. So we built this place so that we can embrace change fully. We can pivot on a dime. Uh, those beautiful welds I was talking about, if we have to cut them apart, we're gonna cut them apart. Uh, yeah, you spent 14 hours building that piece of equipment, but it doesn't work the right way. We could, we could also just force it to work, or we could just say, no, we can do that better, and we're not going to just settle for it sort of working. Mm. And, and it's, to me, it comes across as an incredible uh, commitment to um, being open to uh, new ideas, which you've just been mentioning, you know, the, the, uh, the power of science and, um, and the commitment to sort of, you know, build these things from, from the ground up. And it's this, this kind of almost continual um, state of R&D and innovation that you're imposing on yourself, you know, how can it be better? And combining all of those elements to create a great tasting um, vodka. Um, your, your outreach guru, Peter Simon, is quoted as saying, it's kind of nice being the outsider because you aren't stuck in any of the dogma around the industry. Now, we've talked this issue a lot um, through with our interviewees in the past, concluding that it's often easier for small companies to push ideas through without the red tape of large corporations. What are your thoughts on this? Does this affect the way you plan to grow and expand, for example? Sure. Um our R&D uh, position on things is that nothing is sacred. Uh, nothing is, again, safe from change. And that really, that, that's in every bit of what we do. And uh, when, when it comes to us expanding, 
one of the reasons that, or one of the things that we, grow, we draw great inspiration from is our location. Uh, the urban location is less than ideal for starting a distillery, but it provides huge, uh, huge inspiration. Uh, energy is very expensive, space is at a premium, so for us to make an actual production environment in an urban setting, we had to think entirely differently. Mm. And uh, in this case, in the, the creation of these different distillation equipment uh, pieces and our uh, immobilized cell bioreactor fermentation system especially, saves a huge amount of energy and a huge amount of space and is not only sustainable, but extensible. If we want to grow a much larger business, a uh, much larger amount of production, we don't need any more space. We just need to build more of it. I mean, that's pretty inspirational. And I, and I think that uh, many a, a big corporation could, could learn something by looking at what you guys are doing, because in a way you're sort of, you're paving the way for scaling up, but kind of with far more efficiency um, embedded right at the, the kind of the inception of, of your brand. And, uh, and I, you know, from a consumer point of view, when they interact with the product, um, there's clearly um, a sort of a perception that you are a, you know, a craft product and not just a perception, a reality. But the, the interesting um, thing in all of this is, is that whereas maybe other craft products aren't so tech kind of biased, you are kind of like um, the opposite of that. You embrace technology in terms of what you're doing. Um, so let's just talk about technology in amongst all of this. As industry, city, distillery uh, grows and technology inevitably develops, how do you see technology continuing to impact on the business? And what would you like to see happen in your ideal world? Well, uh, really, we embrace technology fully. Uh, and like, as you mentioned, uh, the craft distillation world is very much, um, it's, it's, I wouldn't say that it's against technology, but there's a certain uh, look and feel that most of them adopt, uh, the copper pot still ideal. And uh, that's one way to do it. But for us to create the product that we wanted to, it, that would have been impossible. Uh, the traditional copper pot still just doesn't have the separation capacity that would be required to make our product. So it wasn't even a matter of, well, that's an idea, that's, a, that's an option. It just wasn't an option. So from the get-go, uh, we had looked at what was available on the technological forefront. And we're constantly improving, constantly. Uh, we are constantly looking at new materials. We love our exotic materials. We have a very nerdy exotic materials bin that I just kind of love pawing through. And uh, if there is a better way to do something, we'll do it. Uh, it has to make sense though. We're not gonna go out of our way to incorporate something that'll have minimal return. Uh, what we do is we see what people have done around us, people have done before us, uh, what new technologies are coming out and how they've performed for other industries. So by looking, and I, I feel this is really important to look outside of the craft distillation world, to look at what some of our, uh, our sort of our comrades in arms in the scientific and the industrial uh, sort of industries are doing uh, as a way of, of informing us what our next moves could be. Mm. And uh, when it, whether it be uh, distillation techniques, construction, uh, control systems, automation, all of these things don't necessarily make for uh, 
they make for a better product. Uh, some people might feel that adding machines like technology and automation might removing some of the soul of the spirit uh, or that us having a, a still that's capable of incredibly high separation removes too much. Uh, to that I say we, we remove everything and then we only put back what we want. Mm. So it's a, it's a very different process than a traditional distillation method and technology only improves that. Yeah. And I, what I like is the fact that you can very clearly feel, you know, the people and the presence behind the vodka, um, which uh, you know, you, you know, you guys are embracing the technology to perfect something that is really drinkable and beautiful, and um, and, uh, and you know that that kind of that made by hand kind of aspect of it is being expressed through the the passion and the interest to use the technology and make the things that makes the the stills and and all of the kind of the uh, machinery they use to uh, create the vodka. And yet in amongst this wonderful kind of distillery that we've got here, there's a letterpress machine, sure. um, sort of like which is just humming away and doing what it does when, it, when you want it to. And, uh, and that, that nice blend of old and new technology is clearly present in your brand identity, for example, the mm -hmm. letterpress. And uh, quite often I see the, a fake kind of letterpress look, but, but I see it right here and in, you know, in amongst you know, all of the kind of the, the pipes and tubes and glassware that you've got that are kind of going into the, the vodka. We've got letterpress and ink and kind of... So there's a nice blend of old and new taking place and uh, that must be quite uh, an inspirational aspect of the way you, you're building the identity of your brand. It absolutely is. Uh, the, like I, as I mentioned, distillation is incredibly old. The technology is incredibly old. Uh, and by looking at, at the past, uh, for instance, letterpress, we don't just letterpress for the sake of letterpressing. Letterpressing was a very efficient way for us to do very small runs of labels and lettering and, and uh, business cards and things like that, pamphlets, uh, with a very high quality result. We also do silk screening. Uh, we, we do a lot of things by hand, not necessarily because we want to do them by hand, it's just a better way of doing it for mm. this specific purpose. Mm. Um, or in the case of distillation, while we use all of this automation and all these machines to make uh, the, the actual product, all of it is tasted individually by hand. Uh, and, our, and our distillation process is very different. We don't have a heads, hearts, and tails system that is so typical in distillation. We separate out into 40 separate cuts. And so that's a lot of tasting. Mm. But what you'll find is that with a, with a still, as, as, uh, with as much separation capacity as ours, each one of those bottles is going to have a unique flavor. And yes, we could buy ourselves a, grass, a gas chromatograph, and we could go full off mechanical, completely scientific. But we prefer to use good old Mark I eyeball. Uh, you're always going to have this amazing machine called the human palate, the human sense and uh, all of its receptors. And that's what determines that the vodka is good. Mm. It's that you have the combination of the technological uh, and the human element together. Similar to, we'll get our, our bottles blown for us. We're not going to, we're not gonna make our own glass bottles, yeah. but we'll absolutely let her press the labels. Yeah. And if that response isn't a lesson in art and science kind of like blending <laughs> together I, I don't know what is and it's and it's it's great to see all in one bottle all in one bottle <laughs> so um 
it's often supposed that if you break the rules just to break the rules, you can break your brand along the way. You know, that's, I guess, recklessness. Um, industry, city, distilleries, um, unique positioning as a drinkable vodka uh, to be enjoyed like a whiskey or a rye changes the way that you market your product and changes the way that, um, you know, the range of your competitors, the way that you're seen in amongst that. Was a straight-up vodka your goal when you started? Um, how are you communicating this point of difference to you know, people? Well, the, uh, a lot of people ask us, why vodka? Uh, whiskey is the thing. Why aren't you guys making whiskey? The, the answer is really, vodka's hard to make. Uh, you can't put it in a barrel. You can't age it. Uh, it. It can't be that, oh, this was a particularly strong batch. Uh, you know, it was different. Vodka's an entirely naked spirit. And for us to want to really put our, our, our abilities to the test here, uh, in terms of design and engineering and distillation prowess, making a completely naked spirit that has to stand by itself, was, that was the goal. Uh, and to make a vodka that could be enjoyed by itself, uh, and as we like to drink it at room temperature even, um, well, that was, that's a hell of a challenge. And that was, that was really the goal. I, I prefer to drink my vodka with food. I'm not going to mix it with cranberry juice. Um, that said, it makes an amazing vodka soda, amazing vodka cranberry. It makes a very deadly Bloody Mary, <laughs> absolutely deadly Bloody Mary. But um, really, if you make good vodka, I'm not going to market it as an as a exclusively sipping vodka. You should enjoy it as you enjoy it. Mm. The fact that you can enjoy it as a sipping vodka, that's a different perspective. Okay. I, I often have said that if you, you know, all basic lessons around branding, brand identity and product um, can be learned by just looking at the vodka category. There are so many brands out there and uh, so many identities and so many different ways of, exp of expressing something that is essentially a neutral spirit. Um, so, you know, essentially it is these stories and, and it's the... Um, it's the commitment to the craft of making it in the way that this interview is clearly expressed that makes all the difference. And, and I think you're doing a fantastic job. So I, I just wanted to kind of like talk about sort of where we're going, you know, where you guys mm. are going, because you're in your infancy. Um, we've read that your long-term plans um, include the rollout of a, maybe a natural, a natural cleaning chemical uh, <laughs> made from the distillery's byproduct. Well, that's sustainable. Why not? Um, you know, and perfecting, you know, runs on alcohol and also because of the um, excess of carbon dioxide um, that you now produce, uh, using it to power a, a greenhouse for vegetables, for example. Lots of, like, interesting kind of ideas. Sure, in, you know. sure. So, um, you know, like a true challenger brand, you're challenging the market, you're challenging yourselves. What's next for you guys and where can we expect to see Industry City Distillery or the Foundry go? Well, the, the, the first thing to do is to move us into that, that production level that moves us out of just, well, it's a new craft distillery, we'll see how they do, mm. into an established company. Mm. So that means not producing 1,200 to 1,700 bottles a month, but producing 4,000 bottles a month and beyond. Uh, and from there, you have a great base to build uh, some of the more interesting projects on top of, and that's the city foundry. Mm. So the city foundry would be involved in, in developing things like uh, CO2-powered greenhouses, which coincidentally is the, the happy accident that started this. Uh, um, and the, uh, the, the cleaning agent that you mentioned, uh, we, it's really just the very tiny portion 
of our of our process that is uh, less than than tasty, and we use it exclusively right now in the shop and the lab, and I don't I don't know we like it so much we might not market it. We uh, we really like it as uh, as uh, Zach loves it in the shop as degreaser, and I love it as sterilizer in the lab. <laughs> so. Okay, well I think you know it's it's early days, but I, I know that you're 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 uh, catching the eye of many a competitor at the moment and uh, it's inspirational to be here and walk around the, the workshop and the lab and you know I've just seen the distillation process it's uh, it's you know it's awesome stuff and um, and I you know wish you the best of luck with it and I, I know you're gonna be a big success so keep going with this eclectic mix of uh, lone wolves and, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure we're gonna see, we'll see great success for industry standard vodka and uh, industry city distillery and the foundry so congratulations and good luck yeah My pleasure